Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Blue Wire Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome into your Sunday, June 18th, Father's Day edition of the OBR crossover that we get together every Sunday and do All Eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward, myself, Jake Burns, OBR Film Breakdown. It's Father's Day. You got a couple fathers on this podcast. It's going to be a good day. If you're a dad listening to this, you're going to have a good day. I'm just manifesting that for you. Uh, Happy it's Father's be Day, Jake. Happy Father's Day to you, Brad. Very Thanks, much man. so, man. Yeah, right um, back at you. I always get on Father's Day, my friend. I I will always think of the Brown, not the Browns, sorry, the Cavs. Game seven. Got to spend oh. what I think was the best Father's Day I've had from just a experience standpoint. My dad, my nephews, and I went to the Guardians. where They were the Indians at the time in 16. They were playing somebody, and I should remember it. But the evening's festivities uh, have, have just really robbed me of the the Indians game experience, which was a great one. They won on a walk-off on Father's Day. So we were there for that. Then we had tickets for the watch party outside the queue to consume Game 7 and um, got to do that. My nephews are now juniors in high school, so obviously they were pretty young back then. But that was, that was just like, I'll always go back to that. Do you have a Father's Day, Brad, that you'll always just remember did you have you, anything around that you, game seven yourself yeah yeah you nailed it that's the one right like there is pictures of that i didn't know were being taken but like when they won there's picture my my son was little then I, you know he's like a different person now but <laughs> uh, uh he's a man now but he uh um yeah like him like hanging on me like looking up at me i was just staring at the screen there's some really good pictures my wife took that i didn't even realize she was taking at the time and we were like totally engaged in the moment and it was like uh it was crazy it was pretty wild that that's one i'll never forget ever and uh even the days after right like what a what a uh like a fog of just just pure joy for a couple days there the parade everything it's pretty amazing time it really was and it was just really cool to have that on a on a father's day which is unbelievable which is, which is pretty rare on father's day yeah, yeah. It, it was special and then so we got to thinking before we started this pod of like you know obviously this is a cleveland browns podcast there's other things we hit on every now and again but like you know father's day in the browns right like what it what do you what do you think of when it comes to either yourself as a as a fan um, or your parents as fans, like, is there anything, any connection you and your father had, Brad, or maybe you now as your son is about to go to college, which is crazy. He's very much defined in his fandom. So is there any connection with, you know, the Browns and you and either your dad or your son? Certainly with my son, we watch, uh, he watches every game every Sunday with me uh, that I, you know, that I watch it at home. So, um, 
yeah, just me and him. So it's absolutely something that we do together. Now, my father, who was is a uh, football coach at heart uh, through and through, never really big NFL guy, like more college football. Mm-hmm. But I do remember just sitting like as like a little, little kid. I have memories of just like sitting next to his recliner watching football when I didn't even know what it was. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, very like, vividly. No, no idea like really what was happening. Just a little kid. Uh, all the way up to the point where like, um, this is a, it's actually kind of a, it's not a Father's Day thing, but it's just like to share um, to like the point where now I'm like eight or nine and I'm asking him as he's watching like film, mm-hmm. like to, uh, help with the, you know, he used to do them on index cards with the rings, like, you know, that this set and this set yeah. and he was, you know, he was a defensive coach. So he was always scouting and he was always watching tape and I would just, just wanted to hold the index cards and sit there with him. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. crazy, crazy memories. But, um, I was telling you. Uh, that uh, before they had a team, you know, he was coaching high school football at the time. He he coached in college for a little bit, but um, uh, he uh, um, they went nine and one Cloverleaf High School. People in that area that may listen to this may re- probably remember that team, uh, Medina County, um, and uh, yeah, had a bunch of kids go on to play at the college level. But thirty years. They're bringing all the kids back and the coaches back for uh, the first game of this season for 30 years since 1992, went 9-1. Uh, it was pretty – I remember that fall. It was really special. It was the fall – I think it was like the first fall. 92 would have been one of the first falls that the Indians went deep into the playoffs too. Mm-hmm. So I remember that about that. I remember every Friday night coming home from school and tearing up like confetti – uh, newspaper confetti to put mm-hmm. in a bag to go to the game like it's crazy so uh, like my whole life revolved around like my dad coaching football when I was like a little kid you know what I mean I so, do I do I, d- I didn't have that luxury special. which is which is obviously super yeah. unique and very cool um, we I mean I I was an 89 birthday so I I didn't like some of my earliest memories of football, I don't remember when the Browns left. Uh, I don't have much of memory of that. I do have, you know how when you're, you're super young, I don't know, man, like three, four, you have these very spotty memories. Like you just like, like, almost like you could just plant yourself in the single image. The brain is so weird that we don't get to remember some of the, the most important things that happened to us when we're young. But, I remember the Browns playing the Jets. It wasn't, uh, I don't know if it was a special game or not, but I just remember my dad and my grandpa being in this, the living room of my grandpa's house, which is a couple houses removed from where he is now. And I just remember that. I, I mean, I, I know that they were fans. I mean, we grew up around it. My uncle, my, my, who was my, my mom's brother, was a huge, he was born in Miami. He was a huge Dolphins fan. So we'd always watch, you know, we'd get up with them. We'd talk Dolphins and Marino, and it was so fun. And, um, but, but for me, it was the Browns left. So I didn't, when I came to like sports realization, I don't have any Browns memories in my early brain. Like yeah. I had the memories I have, like vividly remember 
the the David I think it was David Boston the Rose Bowl '96. Oh, yeah, I remember that one, and my dad being very nervous for that game. I have so many Michael Jordan moments, right? Like yep. uh, all of those. But my earliest NFL recollection is like, oh, Brett Favre is really cool, right? There's no local team. I don't like the Bengals because my parents don't like the Bengals. Um, <laughs> It's funny because my, my dad grew up on and a lot of men of that time grew up on the big red machine like he was obsessed with mm-hmm. everything reds. And then he became an, an, a, 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 an Indians guy because it was I think that it was just more convenient because my mom's they were up in Hudson. So we would go up there and we'd be able to go to more Indians games. And obviously they became, re- as you were just mentioning, really good in the 90s and it all timed out perfectly. Yeah. But. Like there was never a Bengals connection, period. But I, I just remember as I got older and the Browns came back in 99, and that was when you really start, you know, you're like 10 years old. You start to really define who you love and care for as a sports team. And um, I just, I kind of remember like my parents would tell me about these very vivid memories of the, the Browns suffering, right? Like I, I, my mom tells me the story, even to this day, about throwing her arms up in the air thinking Ernest Biner scored. Um, you know, and everyone was screaming touchdown, but he had fumbled and how much they hate John. Elway. They called John Elway some terrible names and they still do. They just, it's yeah. a habit force of habit. They were big Browns people, big, big Browns people. So like, you know, it's, um, that's, that's sort of what I grew up on. Now, obviously the Browns have made it so difficult over the year. Like th- this is something that I really want to try to maybe put up on our website. If you're checking this pot on Sunday, I'm hopefully have written this up, but like, I would just love for the Browns like that. The moment they went to the playoffs, it was really cool. It was a tear jerking type of moment because yes, you know, your parents cared for the Browns when they were good, when they mattered in the NFL. And now it's like you go 20 years of at that time when they made the playoffs, you know, 20, 21 years of just ineptitude that is so frustrating. And and really you, you, you start to talk about, fear of losing a generation of fans, right? Because it's very easy for me to drift or other people my age to have have drifted just because they don't like, they don't care. Like one of my nephews, the twins I was just talking about with you off air. um, One of them's an Eagles fan because why not? Why would you be a Browns fan? Like what, what, like what is the draw? There's nothing positive that comes out of very much of this. So um, they have danced on this dangerous line of like losing a generation of kids that would normally care about the organization and the team, but don't, right? So um, that's that's something that I think is uh, they're trying to rectify and doing the right things to try to rectify it here finally. But, you know, for my dad and like, I, I just wish that they would do something like that for them, for those people of that time that, that cared the way they did, right? That suffered through yeah, those 80s, sniffing it close to the Super Bowl, couldn't figure it out thinking you had all this and even thinking you had all this time all the way up to you know Belichick group wins a playoff game you're starting to see that group turn it around before they get taken away from you and all that stuff so you know that's just something I'd want like I mean listen Cleveland's won a championship as a city right LeBron figured it out he did it it's great it was awesome spending that time with my dad and we were all moved to tears and it was great but a brown Super Bowl you know, an, an Indians slash now Guardians World Series would be great It'd be awesome that 16 loss crushed me but yeah. a Brown Super Bowl would just be different. It, and I've I said this the other day. I think it was with Andrew, or I don't I don't know. I, mean, I don't I can't remember. A lot of these pods run together. But 
it's it's almost like thinking Browns and Super Bowl is so weird. It's just so it's weird hard. because it feels like they're playing a different sport at times. Yep. <laughs> it, it just they are so removed from being relevant for so long that it's just hard to it's force of habit, right? It's, so it's even hard to grasp, Jake, like that they were as close to an AFC championship game as they really were. Oh yeah. There were a moments years away. Ago. Yes. Yeah. And uh that's even hard to really even like connect, right? Like it took uh it really takes like thinking back like, holy crap, man, like their one penalty maybe on Rashad Higgins for, you know, uh oh. that illegal hit or whatever play, you know. Um, stopping, uh, what's his name? Uh, the backup, uh, Chad Henney on the scramble, Chad Henney on a scramble. Like that, um, it doesn't feel as close to an AFC championship game as they really were. Right. So that's interesting when you, when you say that, like, so I, I don't remember like, so I was born in 82, right? Mm Um, I don't. Like, I can't remember, I can remember them, like, losing the drive, the fumble, but I don't remember, like, where, watching it, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I just remember, like, the uh, aftermath and people talking about it and stuff, right? And then, but I do remember very vividly, like, um, Eric Metcalf up the middle, mm-hmm. like, um, and... Uh, Metcalf up the middle, people with my aunt and uncle. I can remember my aunt and uncle are huge Browns fans. They say all the time, Metcalf up the middle, <laughs> bitching about Belichick, right? Um, and uh, I very much remember the two punt return game. I remember that. Um, That's great. That game uh, very vividly. And I've told Eric that when he was on my show. And uh, so that was really cool to get a chance because he was like my favorite player growing up by far. Special Eric dude, special. Was the, my favorite by far. So, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, but I, I remember that one very vividly because of uh, just how crazy that was. And I, I remember the night, and I remember where we were sitting in my house watching it and stuff. So, um, and I remember very vividly the players walking around the stadium shaking all of the fans hands right before the move obviously and uh i would have been what i don't even know 95 right? yeah huh? so it was what year was it again i was born in 82 that was 96 95 right yeah so you'd have been 13 or so right 13 or so yeah, yeah so uh, and then I was 17 when they came back. So uh, that's a cool time for him to come back, you know, right when you're. Yeah. Cause you know, I remember tailgating those first few years. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's just wild to think about that period when they were not here, like you said, and the, you know, the Indians kind of filled that void. Yeah, they did. And people showed up. Yeah, they did. Um, but you can never really fill that void. Like Can't. it's like you, they did, but they didn't. You know what I mean? It's like a band aid, right? Yeah. It's like a band aid. They were good at the right time. Imagine if they were there 
late 80s early 90s version they were magically good at the right time they were they capitalized but yeah i mean like that my big point is it would just be really it'd be really cool for them to i don't know that's the biggest thing i want is for them to matter again not be not one year wonders like we saw in 2020 right not that they've been bad i mean they they've put together eight win nine win seasons like they haven't been two and 14 or 15, right? They haven't been that bad, but I just would like for them to matter again for that generation of fans for, who for stuck family, around. For yeah. Dad, and, for and obviously, yeah. Yeah. And obviously you don't want them to, you know, you don't want them to lose more of this generation, right? You don't, you don't want that. You certainly want young people to care about them again uh, in a way that matters. So yeah, there's all of that. But I, I find myself on Father's Day being a bit nostalgic about, just imagining my parents <laughs> in, in, the, in the homes that they were in at those times, like just being upset about these fumbles or whatever yeah. else, you know, like it's just crazy. And to think that they, you know, my parents still care. My dad buys a Browns winter hat. Every new winter hat that comes out that is Browns, he buys it every year. He gets a new one, T-shirt. They bought some jerseys lately. Like they just stick it out and like they care, right? And my mom gets emotional when they're good. Like it just is uh it's a, awesome. it's a fi- it's a it's a fiber that's sort of woven there uh, between us about the brand and it, it helps that you know now I cover them in the way that I do and all that stuff but you know I would just be really cool for my dad and they went to one game last year my dad is is uh he's had some health trouble and is uh had half of a leg amputated and and different things like that but he he's he's uh He's doing okay, and and they went to they went to the Jets game last year, oh, first my game my God. mom has ever been to, in this in this new stadium, and um, they left. They thought they'd won. They left and were driving away, and uh, turned the radio on, and they had lost. So at least they weren't in the stadium to experience that. But correct, um, yeah. nonetheless, I just would like for them to be really good and matter for those folks who. You know, live through the '80s and the and the rough stage that that was in terms of getting close, losing, and then and then going through the even worse stuff, which is, you know, two decades of irrelevance of of literally just irrelevance and and a laughing stock. Yeah. So I think for so many people, it's that period of time, right? Like the '80s that 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 holds them, right? Oh yeah, they they still hold on to that. And they're not alone. Like you're making a good point of that. They're not alone. That's the that's the reason they keep coming back. It was a magical time for the yeah. city and the people that cared. And they're trying to find that again. They found a little bit of it in 2020, but I think we all knew that that wasn't sustainable after we came back down to reality. But they, like, they're as close to finding a sustainable product here as they've ever been. That's what makes this year so vital. Is that they have all these pieces to be sustainable here for a while if they can keep the coach and GM and they can win games this year, right? Like that, that's all there. It's all there to have several years of those lottery tickets in the playoffs. So um, where's your, where's your son at out. with the football thing, Jake? Haven't exposed him to a ton of football yet. Um, okay. He is my oldest is five and mm-hmm. he has not, he's not all too keen on sports yet. He plays them. He likes some things, but I'm not forcing it on him first of all. And, yeah. Be very patient with it. He knows what I do. He knows football. He, he's all about it, but he's just in the superhero phase, man. Like Spider-Man, Batman, like all that stuff is all he cares about right now. Paul Patrol and 
uh, yeah. you know, Transformers and Power Rangers. So he's uh, eventually I'm going to expose him to some games. He's been to some games as a really young kid. Nothing he would mm-hmm. remember, but I kind of am waiting to take him. I'm, I'm debating a Guardians game this year, but I want to get him to I want to get him to a Browns game. But you got to be so careful. Those those Browns games, man, people can just be out of control. So, yeah, I trying to be careful never with, to take my son when yeah. he was young, like probably uh, safe just because of. And that it's hard that's hard to navigate it it's can, it it's can be it can be yeah yeah so i'm trying to figure out like to to your point there what's what's best when to go how to do it i remember my first game i remember going to up there was uh the brown i think it was like 2003 or 4 roethlisberger came in when he was young and they beat the browns like 44 to nothing it was a late mm. a late year game and God, that was miserable. I remember thinking to myself, "This is this is what you guys do. Like, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is miserable." Um, but no, nah, I, I think that the hope for me is, you know, as we all feel right now, is that they can get this right, find a sustainable product, and just live some exciting NFL moments. I don't know if that those exciting NFL moments are Super Bowls. I don't know, but. Just living some exciting, relevant NFL years would be great for a lot of these people who are most of them are 50s, 60s, right? Remember it that well or or had kids, uh, you know, of their own to enjoy it with. So certainly deserve it for sure. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Hopefully you have uh, some some pleasant Browns memories with either your son or daughter uh, or your your own dad. So uh, just wanted to share some of that at ours. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back from break. We're going to talk about very minor football things and then wrap it up we'll be right back another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Brad, so I guess we should talk about something related to football this year. Um, one, one thing I find really interesting right now as we're getting ready for this year is this running back market, right? Like we've heard finally some noise of Kareem Hunt having some interest in other teams uh, from other teams. Denver, Washington have been speculated a little bit. I don't know how relevant it is. I just had a, a, a Washington Commanders guy ask me to come on his pod for uh, to talk about things, right? Um, really? Yeah, Dream I don't know. Stuff? Yeah, I, I guess just uh, they're probably searching for topics like we are. Yeah. Um, anyway, it, it just seems like the veteran running back market is in such a weird place. It is, it, I think we're at the apex of this. Like, I, I let me put it this way when Nick got paid, it felt like every smart 
<laughs> person wrapped in the analytics thought the Browns were going to be the first team to not pay a running back, right? It seems like almost every one of these yeah. outside of Le'Veon Bell uh, have been paid by their team. They just get paid. They get a contract. Now, whether they finish that second contract and are good enough on that second contract is another discussion, but I have yet to see a team really just, we have a stud. We're just not going to pay him. We're just going to let him right. hit the open market. Um, And I think we're closer to that than ever is what I'm getting at here. We don't have any great examples yet. I, I'm not sure. Like Saquon Barkley, we'll see. We're in the middle of that. He mm -hmm. seems to want to hold out. But the veteran running back market is super interesting. Like Dalvin Cook just got released. And where does he land? Zeke is still a free agent. Kareem Hunt's still a free agent. Um, there's, Dalvin there's a, Cook is the closest, right? Like that's the closest we've seen to a team just saying like because he to me is very, kind of basically still on this prime right like we haven't seen any fall off from dalvin cook not there's been a little bit of stuff hidden in the okay. numbers but nothing like very out in daylight like kareem hunt's situation in my opinion or ezekiel right. Elliott, a little more hidden yeah and um yeah and them just deciding to meh, go with alexander madison uh is is close i think it, that is leading us to the next step where teams don't even get to the point where they're at with cook right yeah um, and, there, and there's a lot of these guys that are out there uh yeah. you know like Ken Kenyon drake there's just a lot of them and there's going to be more so the question i think that was posed on on social somebody had said something about it is that the nfl needs to do something about these we're like a decade into rookie contracts right like something like yep. that and I think the NFL needs to start evolving a little bit. Quarterback money has taken up such a large chunk of the cap. I wish that there was something they could do to where quarterbacks get money, maybe 90, 80, 70% of what they get on a yearly basis counts against the cap. It's pushing too far. Mm -hmm. And that's hindering other positions from getting paid, in my opinion. Now, yeah. I do agree that running backs on the, on the large scale – do not help you let me be careful with how i say this they don't from a numbers perspective change the outcome of games all the time like over a long period of time it's pretty much out there that they don't change the game over time so like my thing is okay people want running good running backs though there's still a demand for it we just saw Bijan robinson go eight we just saw jameer gibbs go 12 in the draft still out there you want good ones but can you figure out a system that allows these guys to make money earlier in their career? So does that mean like running backs second contract happens a year earlier? Can you get running backs to have second contracts that happen after two years? Hmm. It just seems like that position is sort of broken in the sense that like if I was a, a parent of a really good football player undecided on what position the kid's going to play, yeah, it's pretty early in their life. I get it. But why would I ever want to steer my kid to be a running back? Like right. if I was a, run, a really good running back in college, you know what I'd be doing right now? Learning how to run routes, because yeah. that's what's going to get you paid in the football world. That's going away from running in general. It's becoming such a passing league. It just feels like this position is dying 
And I'm not sure we're going to have the best athletes playing running back anymore. I don't know, Brad. I, I mean, I'm open to whatever you think on this, but it, yeah, it's, 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 I just feel like running back's in such a weird place, man. It, it really is. It's in, it's, um, so this thought has been out there, but teams like the Titans and the Browns still kind of kept a um, consensus, you know, uh, about things with their contracts that they gave to, to special guys. like, yeah. And I still think there's that belief out there that a special running back has some value, right? Um, but to your point, like, the that, you know, the thing that jumps out to you is, you know, all the teams that have won the Super Bowl or been in Super Bowl in, like, the last whatever, how many years, and not one of them is a franchise running back, right? Um like, so how much value is there? And then, like, at the same time, like, as Browns fans, we know how much we value Nick Chubb, and I would take him above everybody, anybody else, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, uh, it feels like the NFL as a whole is getting to a period, um, not so much here in Cleveland because we have that feeling about Nick Chubb, but it feels like other cities are kind of disassociating maybe with that position a little bit and uh, other organizations are and it's just getting to the point where that even that analytical belief like you said where people thought the browns were going to be the first team to just be like nope not going to give a second contract because the analytics it's like uh it's actually in flux right now um and there, there's like a we're going through a transitional phase on exactly how this is going to be handled the isaiah pacheco uh mixed with you know the eagles just letting miles sanders walk and then now this with dalvin cook and all the uh veteran running backs on the market um all of that points towards the direction that i think we're going interestingly enough you mentioned like making contracts shorter but like if you look at it, and and I heard somebody on a podcast say this, maybe it was like PFF or something, but they were talking about how teams will move up into the back of the first round to take a running back just so you can get the extra year with them. Mm -hmm. And that avoids, you know, the talk of the extension for another year. They're a year older. And then, and then the franchise tag, right? Like, so... It pushes that all back by a year, and how much is that worth when, you know, like, that's worth a lot. Like, one extra year on a running back, like, that may be enough to be, like, okay, so we get him for five years. No, we don't, definitely don't want to pay him year six, right? Mm -hmm. um, well, you're seeing a little bit of an argument over the tag right now, right? I yes. mean, like, yeah, these guys are starting to get very knowledgeable about this stuff, and, like, I just find it funny that like like J.K. Dobbins is trying to get in like he hasn't been healthy yet like and this guy's right. trying to get a new contract I I but I don't blame him running backs are right they're nickel and dime in a man and they're making them irrelevant through money just as much as the data of the game right so, so I don't my, know here's my question about this though yeah. Saquon's a great one to point at right so. He's threatening to sit out. His franchise tag would have given him around like 10-5, right? Mm -hmm. He won't sign that. 
Is that right? Or is it, is it more like 12? I think it's more like 12. I, I don't know the exact number, but it's something that's manageable. It's one of the yeah, few Yeah, it's like that 10 or 12, somewhere around there. Yeah. And, um, but he was offered a deal that would have paid him up to 14 with incentives, and he turned that down. Okay. I mean, the best, like, I don't know, is he right to sit out, Jake? Because the best running back in the leagues right now, like the best running backs across the league right now aren't even making that. I don't know. I don't know. We're not so researched he enough. Jump on that? I feel like he should. I mean, we know that uh, for a fact that we, we watched Le'Veon Bell sit out for a year. I, I have a hard time thinking that worked out for him. It didn't. Maybe some people could think it did because he sat out and then he got paid by the Jets. But like, he just was never the same. He was not he that effective. Lost all momentum. Yeah, the year of his prime. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel really great about that scenario of sitting out a year. Where in your mind, I get where you could, you could kind of tell yourself it makes sense and and sort of trick yourself into. Uh, feeling like that's the the whatever I know that the leverage is short right I get that so you don't have a ton of it but makes me nervous as an agent I'm sure of a player to have him sitting out for a year like what are you going to prove man it's not like you're going to make five ten million more right per year like it's just it's in a weird spot dude it's in a weird spot and I don't know what other way to really say it that they need to try to come up with some kind of solution I, I i again i don't know what the solution is but it is not a position i would want to be playing so fran agreed but the franchise tag is set up in a certain way right like in in the algorithm in a certain way to give you x amount of dollars based off of whatever top five da 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 da, da right mm-hmm. and like that pays you according to the position now that's devalued right now certainly for certain positions especially running back but real life jake i mean saquon barkley take the 10 million dollars for one year guaranteed even if they didn't offer you a contract like that's still life-changing money i'm not trying to be like you're wrong here but like I don't think sitting out is the right course. I I just don't. I don't think when when age and miles matter, and I get that that, that you're not going to have any miles in this scenario, right? But like, I just don't. I don't see how sitting out benefits you. I I really don't. (laughs) I don't either. And and sad when when you're there's only a couple years that like even for for all positions, you're not guaranteed any amount of paydays, right? Like. You're guaranteed like one big one. So if you get an opportunity to take $10 million guaranteed for one year, I mean, that's life-changing money for anybody. It is. It's it is, it is. It's unfortunate that it is so tilted. The scales are so against you as a running back. It is. Unf- I don't really know what other way to say it. Uh, you're taking yeah. on a brutal position where you get the hell beat out of you. They use you up in your rookie contract. Most of these guys don't get anywhere with the second deal. And even the guys who do, such as Dalvin, I even think the thing I think I know is what we're here for in some way, shape, or form is that I don't think Nick has – I think Nick plays this year, and then I don't think he's back. I I think that he's done. He's got one more year here. That's that's what I'm writing about tomorrow. Yeah. 
I and I don't I hate it. I hate I'd love to see that guy retire a Brown, but it just doesn't feel like it works that way anymore, man. With the evolving market, with how things are changing and, and the way you're trying to work everything around a passing game. And I get it because the game is set up in a very favorable fashion for it. And you think you can get a guy that comes out of college, plug him in, play him on a cheap deal. If you get him in the third, second, and I think that a big part of what my thought is here, Brad, is that the Browns have a second round pick and that's a sweet spot for getting a really good running back. If it's a good running back class. So yeah. anyway, what that's the- all I got. I, I hate that market for them. That's um Yeah, it's brutal. It? It's um it's brutal and uh I just wonder like I just wonder how it's how you could fix it, how you could I mean, I how can you intentionally be like, Hey, these guys aren't getting valued enough, we need to change some way in the pay structure. Like that just feels so weird. But I get your point, like about 70% of a, a QB contract because it's so overloaded, right? But, like, it feels like no matter which way you turn in the way that an NFL team's finances are laid out, someone will use that to their advantage in a loophole. No doubt. I don't know what the fix is. I think the only fix that would make sense is Shorter giving – some way for running backs to get paid earlier, right? When they're identified as really good, is there a way we can get those guys paid earlier? And I don't know. I I really don't know. Is there, do we ever, does the NFL ever get to, like how long does it take the NFL to get to fully guaranteed contracts through and through? I don't know. It feels like the way the injury stuff happens in that game, the owners, it's a sticking point. I have I have no vibe on that ever changing. I really I really don't. It feels like it feels like it's a rotten way to do business, and and I know it's what we cover. And there's a you know we put a lot of emphasis on guaranteed money, obviously, because it's all that really it's the actual money that matters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at other sports, right? Yeah. Yeah, I argue with people about the salary cap in baseball all the time, and yeah, they'll come back at me like I'm representing the brand of football or something. So no, it's funny no, to me. Yeah. They'll always be like, "Well, the NFL doesn't do, you know, they don't guarantee." And I, I agree, the NFL should. There should be a yeah, way to work in guarantee, like like fully guaranteed contracts. the The amount of offended people were by the Deshaun fully guaranteed contract will never not be funny to me, even yeah. when they're saying like. It should have been somebody else that got that. Well, hey man, Kirk Cousins got a form of that. So like Yeah. Maybe shut up. I don't know. And it's like quit getting offended because <laughs> a guy actually gets what they should get. Like like th- these contracts yeah. should be guaranteed, man. Like they should be guaranteed and the owners have sort of done what they've done and gotten out, out of it and away with it and all that. Maybe shut up. Maybe yeah, also try to like shut up a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I just thought that in a quiet Browns weekend, there's not a ton going on. You know, we could make open-ended speculation about whether they were actually pursuing DeAndre Hopkins, as some folks do, and, you know, get away with saying three different things at one time. But I figure for this scenario, this is one <laughs> of the few actual topics that make uh, any sense because it's, like, all quiet on the front right now. But, I, you know, good good day yeah. to 
hit on some Father's Day memories and talk yeah. about NFL rookie running back contracts. You know, it's what people are here for. Yeah, last uh, question on this topic. Um, so Nick Chubb openly talked about um, Kareem. Did you hear him talking about him? Not camp? not a ton. I did hear him accidentally say Kareem's name when he was talking about Jerome Ford, which I found funny. Which was right after they got done asking him about Kareem. So, <laughs> which is why he did it, I think, uh, obviously, because he was just talking about Kareem. So... They were asking, like, hey, have you talked to him? Da, da, da. And he's like, yeah, he's here in Cleveland, obviously. He lives here. He's training. He'll be ready to go for whenever somebody calls him. And then they said something about, like, do you wish he could be back here? And he's like, of course. You know? like, Yeah, those two have a good relationship. He, I think he liked how... They, like, love each other. Yeah, like, uh, like how goofy Kareem yeah. was, and it worked well with Nick's quiet demeanor. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, they... That relationship was really cool. So that that is something I will miss th- about Kareem not being here. Yeah, he was a juice guy, right? He always mm-hmm. a lot of energy, all of that. I will too miss it, but I um I can't watch him run anymore. It's, it's right, it's baked, right, it's done. And uh, had a guy who's a big <laughs> Dolphins can't. fan hit me up today about like, hey man, what's up with Kareem? And I'm like, he's just yeah. when you know, you know, you can watch it, and it's just not what it used to be for him. Very fun run he had coming out of Toledo, but it's not there. He's lost that a clear step. So it did. 2017, he leads the NFL in rushing. And then 2018, the end of the year, is when that domestic suit hap- situation happens. and Gets a couple years in Cleveland. And yeah, he's suspended for eight games. And then, yeah, that's it. And he's, what, 28 now. So another uh, example of just coming out of the draft a little older. You come out at twenty one, you're you're younger. So go the reason why these contracts are the way they are. It is. It is. It's just. It's a weird. It's a weird thing, man. The, in, yeah. the in, I just wish. I I guess maybe it is with NFL running. It's just a big shrug your shoulders thing. I I don't know if there's a fix. I could just be talking out of both sides of my mouth with that stuff. No, I I I think that I just wish there was. I wish there was too. And this Dalvin Cook thing, I think, is kind of like maybe a tipping point a little bit for me um just the production and everything right like you know it's not getting any better put it this no, way it's not it's not like in five years we're going to be talking about how this market has corrected itself i i don't think there is a correction for running back market it's always going to be um overpay for what the production actually is mm-hmm. based on how much they help winning and I and I and I think that there's just going to be a bigger and bigger depreciation of it. And you know, I remember years ago I talked with our boy Jack and Anthony Reinhardt, who was with us for a while at the OBR about should the I mean, do you even need running backs anymore? Just throw it all the time. Like yeah. there are people that believe, and I I mean I I get it. I, I I get it. When you have a really good quarterback, it's easy to argue for running nonstop when you have Nick and Kareem at the top of their powers, and you had mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield and, and Jacoby Brissett. But when you do have a guy who's really good, ask the Chiefs fans how much they like when the ball isn't in Pat Mahomes' fan, hands or or, yeah. jo- or you know Josh's hands in Buffalo. They hate it, you know. So again, there's only so many of those guys in the world. Yeah. But nonetheless, it is. Uh, I just think the NFL is working in that direction. So get used to it. Don't say. Don't raise your kids to be running backs. That's the moral of the story. I mean, I don't know why you would. 
There's nothing. I mean, if you're just your goal is to get them a scally, <laughs> that's the route. Yeah. But they're they're not getting paid if they're a special special player, a special high school running back, or a guy who's gone to college and had a special couple years as a running back. Hey, what do I need to do to shift me over to receiver? Yeah, like, that's what I would be asking. Or start backpedaling and yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I cover someone? Safety or corner? Yep. Bingo. That's where the money is. Quarterback, rush the passer, stop the throw, or catch the throw. That's it. Yeah. Or protect the passer at a high, high level. Yeah. So, all right. We've covered enough. Let's call that a show, Brad. I That's want you to have a good Father's Day, Brad. I would like everybody out there who catches the show also to have a fantastic Father's Day. Looks like the weather's going to be nice. But that, uh, I mean, listen, I told my wife, the only thing I want to do is a loaded final round at La the Los Angeles Country Club. I want to just watch that in the evening. I Listen, yeah. West Coast golf, I'm in. I'm in on it. Because totally. you get like 6 to 10. Like you're getting oh, these guys teeing off at beautiful. 630. It's awesome. It's, it's awesome. So I'm like, I just want to put my feet up, not be bothered, and just let me watch some, some Sunday. I would love... Like R Ricky Fowler winning a major would be so freaking cool. That guy yeah. is, he's just been great for the game and he's never been able to win a major. And if he could get it done, rock your orange Puma hat and polo. Yeah. In old school Ricky fashion, it'd be really neat. So hopefully, like you, whatever your dream is for a Sunday, Father's Day, I hope you get it. I hope you get hey, it. Hey, thanks, brother. You too. I, I'll be rooting for Ricky for you just because of that. Hey, you know what? Uh, you're right. Uh, you nailed it on West Coast Golf, and absolutely the you know the the U.S. Open always on Father's Day and uh, right Sunday. I think uh, it's. So. I think it's pretty much. I, th I think so. At least when I was growing up, it always was. Um, so I'm pretty sure, um, or often it is. Uh, so for that, uh, yeah, I, I love this West Coast golf thing. That's a win. You should I only should play on the West Coast. Do it. it. Or so at that. least, at least, uh, for this week, right? Uh, Father's Day, U.S. Open, play it out West, baby. I like it. Yeah, me too. No reason to do it any other way at this point. Yeah. I hope they yeah. I hope they continue this trend. Although people have not been enjoying the players have not been enjoying the uh the, the difficult the, the, the course and the snobbery. Oh, if you yeah. I don't know if you've read anything about this Los Angeles Country Club and the snobbery that can happen here. So certainly. Save that for another pod that we do here. That's anyway. A, <laughs> territory, I think. It, it does. We're gonna get out of here. Have a great Father's Day, everybody. You know. Um, you too, Jake. Happy Father's Day, brother. And everybody out there uh, from uh, from me to you. And uh, thanks for listening. You guys, I uh, hope everybody has a fantastic day. Have a fantastic day. Like Brad said, go Browns. We're out of here.